my bad. I'm sitting here waiting for you to Skype in, and I realized that I wasn't in Skype. <laughs> I was in Messages. Uh, man, I've got so much serious stuff to talk about. All right. Well, this is what I propose. We ignore everything you want to talk about and just talk about my feelings. Okay. What are you feeling about? Well, if you don't want to talk about my feelings, I'm going to try to get your free speech rights shut down because I'm a typical millennial college student. Take that. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Gosh. You know, it's funny when Republicans, Democrats, and John Cleese are all saying the exact same thing. (laughs) Calm the F down, college students. It's okay for us to hurt your feelings. I just don't pay attention to them. Gosh, I'm obsessed with it. I am obsessed with it. This is your problem. No, you're obsessed with it. Therefore, it's like it's not that big of a deal to me. Uh, okay, but do you understand that a woman was just put on administrative leave at a Catholic leave at a Catholic school because she expressed the Catholic Church's teaching on marriage in a wonderfully civil conversation? It wasn't a debate or anything. She was put on administrative leave by the anti-bias task force that the school actually has. Look, and, okay, look. Here's the thing. Have go. you been to Auschwitz? Yes. That sucked. Yes, that was horrible. That yeah. was bad. Okay, but this he, is annoying. I get it. No, this isn't annoying. And then we pass on. This is literally. <laughs> this is literally the shutting down of discourse. That is the precursor to fascism. But it's already happened, though. That's the uh, thing. You're I five can, years too late. No way. No. Yeah, oh, well, I mean, I mean, yeah. the whites. Yeah, I mean, the last five years, I would say this is how it's ramped up. But it's not. The thing is, it's not like. Like, Democrats should be pro-free speech and freedom of expression, and liberals are, but progressives, in this case, their whole thing is to shut down opposition in a way that's, that to me, is like, is the smiley face thug, you know? Like, that's the thing that I'm more, I'm more worried about people who shut down all freedoms in the sense of, well, we already chose the best choice for you, than I am about you know like because i think if it's like physical oppression people would oppose it if you're telling me you know like if a guy with a gun comes then that's like a rallying point but if it's a whole bunch of people being like no 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 you just this is just the new normal now and you have to deal with it you're not even allowed to think an opposing thought or will will oust you for a hate crime i just i'm i'm blown away by this let me play devil's advocate for just a moment here in the 1950s in England, you, it was actually illegal to practice homosexuality. You had the choice to either, if you were caught, you could either go to jail or have to take a pill that would, uh, that uh, would render you, render you sterile and blah, 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 blah. Horrible, horrible, horrible things. Right now the pendulum has basically just gone the other way, or it's actually like same side of the, you know, of the fence just like to this other ex to this other extreme pretty much so i would agree with you that yeah this is really annoying this is really stupid i wouldn't put all progressives in that because you could easily say that all conservatives were like this were like that back in the, in the 1950s and stuff which i don't think is actually true but i do think that um, I, I, I guess I just don't want to be like, well, I wish it was of oh, the good old days. Cause I really don't. I just think this is the problem that we have. And it's, I, th- I think that it's worth talking about. I just get a little bit annoyed when, 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 uh, people are like the country's going down the shit because I'm like, well, the same one that, you know, like sold slaves and did horrible things to native Americans and like. We've always had a horrible stuff happening. Yeah, always. yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that. But the part of the human con- conscience is you learn, you grow, and then you, you keep opposing the thing that goes wrong, right? You keep opposing that. But I feel like what we're doing is, I mean, it, it, is, it is absolutely true. We are not at Auschwitz. And I always remind people, you might not like Obama. He's not the devil. You know, like he's, yeah. you, know you hear people say, oh, he's the devil incarnate. And no, I do not want to go back to the 1930s or whatever. But the other thing you know is that there is, there are definite trend lines to, you know, democratic tyranny or whatever you want to call it that follows specifically along, of, uh, along the lines of making certain thoughts illegal to be expressed. And I don't mean certain thoughts like wanting to do harm to someone. I mean certain thoughts like 
you have a different opinion on a public policy, and therefore you're no longer allowed to speak. You have a different economic view, and therefore you're no longer speak. I'm not talking about even hate speech against individuals. I, you know, even there's plenty of room, especially on a college campus, which is not the real world. You have plenty of room to kind of police that and moderate that because you know the college owns all the walls. So if you put up a poster that has like kill black people, you can easily have your those those rights stripped away. You can't say that. You can't hang that flyer without it being approved and blah 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 but that notion that i mean this is uh, this is a large generation of people who are actively trying to censor not just speech but thought that's that's my problem and so anywho i mean we don't have to debate all of this stuff but uh my whole my whole thing is it it we should look to the the colleges to be the bastions of the exact thing that they're that they're no longer doing which is the free exchange of ideas and the collision of those ideas. Now, in order to have a legitimate collision of ideas is to tune into catching foxes every Friday as we discuss the collision <laughs> exactly. of faith and culture. But, but okay. But I mean, again, I'm, I'm also just so everyone, just so everyone like knows I'm playing the devil's advocate a bit, but we went to a, to a school where you would have been ostracized if you were a Democrat back in 2004. Oh, totally. Totally. So, and I, I made I sure like, I made sure my boot was on the neck of every Democrat that ever reared his exactly. head. Exactly. No, I mean like, well, no, but not, I mean, not, you, <laughs> you weren't that bad, but I mean, it, it honestly was like, I would, I mean, I was not, I was very a conservative back, back then. I still am pretty, pretty much really hasn't changed all that much. But I would like my I guess my outlook in terms of us against them. And I'm, and I'm not saying that you are doing that here. I, it's, it's just I just I don't know, like we like we've always been an all or nothing people. You've either been, you either haven't like with us or you have been against us. Yeah, no, I know that. And, but I don't think uh, my whole thing with this is that I am against college students. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they're no. annoying as shit. No, no, right, right. Uh, you know, it's really I love funny. College students, all my, all of our college listeners. Yeah, it's you guys are great. It's really funny because I have um, teens who have, you know, they went through the program uh, when I was a youth minister, and now they're in college or they're right out of college, and we're still Facebook friends from when they were teenagers or whatever, and now they are uh, trying to correct like jokes that I make about pop culture. On my Facebook page, which is pretty rare. I usually just make jokes about my family and life. But uh, I made a couple of jokes. And someone, like, you could tell everyone that was responding was joking, totally, like, not serious. And this person wrote, like, a three-paragraph. I mean, it could have been, like, a page if you copied and pasted into Microsoft Word. That would have annoyed me. A dissertation on the microaggressions that we were using to offend minorities, women, non-cisgenders, and uh, fat people. And it was literally a girl was making fun of how fat she was, quote unquote, by saying, I'm more of a, what was the line? I'm more of a, uh, what is her name? What is the the rapper lady who sings Anaconda and she's very oh, curvaceous? Uh, What's her name? Why, Nicki, Nicki Minaj. Min- Nicki well, why Minaj. do I think, why do I remember her name right as you said curvaceous? <laughs> I had it and I was, I was about to say it. I was like, I'm not going to say it now. Well, so the whole um, point was I, she was like talking about body types because this girl was making fun of the food that she eats like oh my gosh i eat all this stuff blah 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 and this <laughs> this college student gets on and says you should never feel guilty for the food that you eat your body is your body and she does this oh, whole no, like you should totally feel guilty for, for the food you eat sometimes <laughs> well then she <laughs> i like you throwing that sometimes but then she wrote that writes this whole like body positive missive and then i wrote in uh what did i say uh set her down da- settle down taylor swift we're all a bunch of Nicki Minaj's here <laughs> and you would have thought I just, I mean, committed the worst crime on the face of the earth. Yeah. She sent me like five pages of, of Facebook See, messages. Okay, just stop responding. Just... <laughs> I did. I didn't respond. Did, okay. I never respond. Once, it gets, once people, try, there's someone wrong on the internet, you know, and it's not just like, hey, think about it this way or whatever. Yeah. No, I agree. Well, I, <laughs> one thing, though, that I'm, I don't know, I haven't. This is what this is what I hope is true. I haven't really experienced this, or I haven't taken the time to really c- contemplate if it's actually happened. But I would just, oh, well, I would like to hope that in order to conquer that type of um, idiocy, we it it would be done by how we live our lives as opposed to how we argue. 
I think arguing is a part of college. And it's a well, part of the intellectual yeah, no, life. I agree, but like you're not in academia. So like like no, what, I think what it's like... I think it's part of the intellectual life. It's a it's a dialectic. I mean, it's not just. I, I mean, I see what you mean, like shrill yarg- arguing and and just. Sorry, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not argumentative. To to yeah, like, but like, if you okay, so I remember probably the one of the best conversations that I ever really had with with with, with a guy who had like the exact opposite of what I believe in terms of religion and all politics. I think, and I think he's a listener. So hi, Johnny. Um, I just, we just, we had a great conversation where we were able to kind of, cause we, we both respected e- each other, but like you, that has to be kind of already is that has to be already established. So a place like Facebook, like you don't try to find the thing that you, that they can't give to you. Does that yeah. make sense? No. Yes, it does. I'm just kidding. Well, what else? What else? What else did you want to talk about? I think we oh, should talk about David Duke. I think we should talk. I'm just kidding. Uh, David Duke. Oh, we were asked by Maggie Smith to talk about Donald Trump. But I kind of just don't want to. I know. I was. I'm actually. I have a Donald Trump article, and it's like outside of his fan, David Duke, and that's why I said that. Oh, the guy. He's the KKK guy, right? Yeah. Well, hey, that's horrible. Um. So I had a. I don't know. I mean, I've got a lot of crazy things that have been going on, and I just want to. But I feel like it'll just be me. Like, and, and then this happened. Tell me, tell me what you think about that, and I'll just turn it in into counseling, which is fine. <laughs> okay, what's up? So I may have told God that I hated him during adoration on Friday night. Yeah, that's that's probably not <laughs> the smart thing to do. So here's what happened. Uh, I had been really sick last week. It was really horrible, and I was. Um, and so, anyways, I was, I was at this work thing. I didn't really have to do anything while, I, while I, while I was there. All the stuff that I did was just beforehand and all, and all of the meetings. And I've just been getting really frustrated because I've, one of the things that I've struggled with, really honestly, ever since my first Steubenville uh, youth conference back in '97, uh, was the feeling that God is doing things in everyone else's life but mine. I was not the kid who I didn't get any crazy emotional experience during adoration yeah. on a yeah. Saturday night, you know, and all that stuff and blah, blah, blah. And I, I feel, and now in hindsight, I've seen that God has just worked really slowly in my life. Like God speaks to me f- for the most part, pretty quietly and through like what I would call stern conviction where I just, and, um, and it just gets hard when you're around people, you know, when you're like on Facebook, like all of the time where it's just so like their spirituality just isn't mine or like God works in their life or, or speaks to them in a, in a way that doesn't really apply to me. And it, and at times I, I think I can be envious of that and I feel like I'm failing. And so while, while I was like praying and stuff, it was this huge thing and, you know, the guy who was like a really good friend of mine, the, he was the deacon there. He was trying to like uh, lead everyone through all these like prayers, all these like prayer steps. I'm like, I, this doesn't do anything for me. Like this doesn't I, I like and I was I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of tired of this not doing anything for me. I'm kind of tired of doing all of the things and going, yeah, God worked. I mean, I didn't get anything out of it, but still, you know, like God worked. And I just was like, this is ridiculous. Like, this is just ridiculous. Like, I can't fake this. And I, I really honestly was like, I can't even, like, like, I wish I could just walk away, but I can't. I just want to walk away and just take a break, but I can't because I've got a podcast. My entire job is based on all of this. I can't escape you. I don't understand this. And I honestly, and it, it, to a point of where I was like, I just want a break. I feel like you aren't like letting like I can't, I can't escape, and I and I, I and I just remember going. I feel like an abused spouse who just keeps coming back because it's like, well, where else are you gonna go? And I remember just being like, I, I mean, just like being like just so angry, and just being like, I hate you. Like I, I hate this. I hate, I hate this. I'm trying, and nothing's happening. It has never. I've like, I can't even tell you when my conversion like moment happened. I've never had it. Sorry, I'm like just going off right right now. And so I went to a priest. And I went to a um, confession. And I said, "This is what's going on. This is what I just said." And I'm like, "And I know it's wrong. I don't want to do this, but I just want to walk away." And he goes, "Well, like, 
how's that going to solve your problems? And I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> and, and just, and he just kind of like walked me through like, just like step by step just going like, have you acknowledged that like, this is your, your cross and have you given that over to God? And I was like, no, we haven't. And it was just, and it was actually like really freeing to be able to go, okay, like this is my cross and just, I have to deal with this. And I don't have to be, because I feel like I should be the cares, I, sh- I should be the crazy charismatic leader because I grew up with that stuff. I mean, it's, it's, I've been around in my entire life. But when push comes up to shove, I just, I don't know. It's just not me. Or, or I don't experience the Holy Spirit. That I mean, I, I like see it in others and I have been open to it and I have, and I have asked for it repeatedly. But I have never experienced the Holy Spirit that way. Like I've never been slain in the spirit. Yeah. I faked it. I, I just kind of like tried. So does any of that make any sense at all? And like, and why I bring this up is I, I, I don't, my hunch is I'm not the only one who experiences things like this, but no one really wants to talk about that because it's not shine. Jesus shine. It's like, it's hard. It's really hard. Cause I could just like, there isn't anything to where I could go. I don't know. I, does that make sense? Yeah. Let me ask you a couple questions, okay? And you can tell me what your thoughts are. Number one, how consistent and faithful are you to prayer? Um, I mean, to be honest, not I mean, that good. I mean, I don't want you to lie to me. <laughs> no, no. It's not, yeah. Well, it's not good right now. I mean, I know. I, I I know that that's where I should start. The problem is I'm not when I when I am on a roll with my prayer life. I'm not patient enough with myself or or with God. So I'll like you know like all I pray d- during the day and feel like everything's going okay, and then just like fall back into the same old sin or just you know do that whatever habitual like sin and just uh, it, it just I I feel very like this isn't working, you know, but like, but I know that's the, the completely wrong attitude to, to take. I'm still having to kind of like, well, why do you think it's the wrong attitude to take? Cause I think it's like, it's, I ended up treating God as opposed to a person to encounter. You treat God as just like a cow to be milked. Like got this. Thank you very much. And now I'm gone. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the things that I've, I mean, I, I, this is the thing that, like, I've learned throughout when I, I date and now, of course, be like married is that a person's very a dynamic. And it's not it's just n- not that simple. Part of me is a little bit angry at the culture of a Franciscan idea of God's will and other things that I was told that I just don't think are true. Like what? I remember having a priest telling me about like, you know, pray. Uh, one time he told me that when I was trying to wrestle with like a certain choice, go with what brings me more peace. And that's just never happened. Well, you've, you've never gotten more peace from a choice or it was always the wrong one or there's really only been one time in my, in, in my, in, entire life when I, when I knew what God was like, what, like when I really had that peace or that real, or that conviction of, I actually wouldn't even call it peace, but well, yeah, I, I would say it was peace. I really will probably only experienced that once. And it was right on the time when uh, my dad died. Okay. So it's just one of like, so like I can say, okay, so I've like, I've had that, but it's not a part of like, it's just not a part of my daily walk with God. So, okay, so prayer, uh, when you pray, how do you typically pray? So it starts, usually what I do is just what I got from Father John Ignatius back in college. Um, I start off with words of praise towards God, though I kind of just, I've gotten away from that because I just, doing the whole like charismatic streaming, oh, you are Lord, you are Christ, you know, like that just for the most part, um, I just feel like, I mean, like, I, it's all great stuff uh, to say, but in a weird way, I'm realizing, like, oh, this isn't, like, how I pray. Or, I don't know, this just doesn't feel right. 
or not right, sorry, that's the wrong word. I guess I'd have to say comfortable. Not that it should always feel good, but it doesn't feel authentic. It feels like I'm just I'm doing this because this is what everyone kind of does. And I think it's great. I think that's awesome. So I will like I'll do it, but it doesn't feel like it's how Luke prays. It's how like Luke just knows how to break because he grew up in a charismatic a, a community and he went to Stupidville. And so anyways, I will start with I'll start off with that. Then I'll um, give God a permission to work in my life. But no, I'm sorry. Right be right before that, I will basically go. Th- I'll uh, start with the last time that I prayed, and I will just cut. And I will. And I will uh, I like thank God for specific stuff that happened over the past 24 hours. So great podcast, g- good dinner with Aaron. Um, you know, a you know tough but good a conversation at work. Yada yada yada. Then I'll do some, then I'll give God a permission to work in my life. Then I'll dive into scripture and I will, and for the most part, I will start to meditate on a new Testament passage. And then after that, I really just try to, you know, um, have some periods of silence, you know, to either like kind of just really try to hear Christ, uh, Christ voice or, um, then after that, you know, and I'll, that will really kind of go into talented prayer, go into do a bunch of the petitions, and then end with an our Father, then ask for all the saints to inter- intercede, and and that's it. <clears throat> when was the last time you made a retreat? Uh, too long. I, I mean, to be frank, like a personal retreat for me, probably the one I did with the servants of Christ Jesus back in 2006. One of the things that I encounter whenever it comes to massive spiritual dryness, uh, this constant desert experience, looking around at what other people, the giftedness of other people and not seeing that giftedness in yourself, like you described at the Steubenville conference and all that stuff when you were in high school and then seeing it happen all around you, but not you. Right. So what I do is uh, in my own personal life is I look at three areas of my life. Number one, am I consistent in my prayer? Number two, what type of prayers am I doing? And number three, am I confident in what I believe about God regardless of how I feel? And the way I work with number one is uh, actually it was inspired by one of our first episodes with you. Um, when you had started your new job, you said, I'm just sick and tired. Uh, you know, I go five days without praying and then I, you know, get all dramatic and I'm sick and tired of praying dramatic prayers. I just want normal prayers. Right. Like, I just want to be normal with God, have that conversation and listening with Mm -hmm. God. But um, for in that and to me, that was really powerful because I sat there and I started looking at my life and you would see these like ups and downs of life and life and prayer would go up and down. You know, like it wasn't neither of them were neither more consistent. Right. You never make life. You will never make life consistent. But my prayer life can be. But I I often ignored God in prayer turned to sin, I drank more, not to say that I would get drunk or stuff, but I would, I would always be, whenever I'm at my lowest, I, w- I noticed that I would be going out more often and all this stuff. Um, and just like a, ho- a whole host of things that I realize is me trying to deal with the dryness without doing the only thing needful, which is prayer, just consistent prayer, not adding a ton more prayer, not cutting back my prayer, but just remaining consistent. As I'm going through all this. I, I know how crazy, a uh, dramatic this all sounds. Like I'm well aware that it just, but it had been a buildup over a, like a pretty long period of time, and and I'm and and I think it ultimately comes from uh, a I need to be patient with myself, which I think can be hard because at times I do think. It's very easy or it's very tempting to buy into that, you know, what's a guy's name? Um, it's like Benny something style of uh, Christianity where everything's like, pow, bam, baby, you know, be, 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 like, like uh, yeah. Christ is like shooting out like lasers out of his fingers, you know, like yeah, Benny, hey, Benny, Benny Hinn. Yeah, yeah, but Benny Hinn. And I, I just, I, I, 
I, I just hasn't been my experience of God for the most part. You know, and I, I'm not trying to say that I can't, I, I wish I could see that happen. I genuinely do, but it just that hasn't been my experience of God. It's been more quiet little things. And so I'm just, and like one of the things that I'm getting really angry at is the fact that I can't wake up early enough to pray. It's driving me nuts. Like it is, I mean, I mean, it's honestly like breaking my heart that I just can't do that. And I'm like, I've, I've, I've just created this horrible habit where I just love to sleep in. I mean, part of it's on my personality. I've just always been a, a late night person. I just yeah. like, I was up till three in the morning last night. Cause I was just so amped about like all this, like, you know, stuff. And, and I'm just like, God, please help me wake up. Help me. I'm trying to do all these different things, like break habits, create a new one. And it's just been really hard. And, and at times I just feel like, God, I'm, I mean, I'm putting in some work. Could you help out a little bit? And I, and, and I know that that's like, like a, you know, a load of crap, but it's, that, that's, that's where that's so easy for me to fall into that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I think one thing too, that I really like is spiritual direction, yeah. but it's just been hard because it's priests just don't have time. You know, I started at a good, I started to go with one and I didn't get back to him after the first time I like, I went and um, he even had to make like special time for, which I really did appreciate. And I just haven't heard back from him since. And I know that he's one of those priests, which is absolutely swamped, but it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's really, especially if you're working like, I don't understand why HR at any type of church organization, whether it be at, like an apostolate or at a parish, doesn't have like, and like, here's how you can find a spiritual director. But hey, look on the bright side. I feel like this is a sad episode. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. This is what, because uh, one of our listeners wrote in something to me personally along the same things. I, I feel like I'm done with God. I'm I'm really struggling with all of this faith stuff. Um, I pray and I don't feel anything. Um, I see other people and they have big experiences. What do I do? You know, for me, I think of someone like Dave Van Vickle, who has seen physical healings with his eyes and then his own son doesn't have these dramatic physical healings. Um, and so what I begin to do is I begin to look at like prayer, you know, like sin in your life, like what are the patterns of sin and, and habits of, of, of a lack of discipline. And I think, I mean, you're kind of talking about, I can't wake up early enough. No one is making you stay in bed, but you, you know, and when you have that experience, it just makes you feel ashamed. Right. It's like, well, I'm disappointed again. I'm disappointed again. I did it again. But at the same time, there's a certain liberty that comes with that because you know that tomorrow you could actually do it. You could actually wake up and get up and not that that if, if it is you that did it, then you can change that. But the problem is the problem is our will. That's why we need a savior. We don't just need more knowledge. We need a savior because we don't want to do the very things that we should do. And we don't do the very things uh, that we want to do. So we have this very Pauline problem. Like you're right in the middle of why God came onto this earth, why Christ died. It's because of our experience of the wretchedness of life, right? This is what sin does. Even if it's not a sin that we're committing, it's still this world, right? It's this whole, this whole setup. And to try to run away and chase after, you know, like I'm going to ditch God and go and, and, and go all prodigal sonny. Um, that that doesn't satisfy because pretty soon those pleasures will end up tasting like soap in your mouth. It's not going to be luxury. You will you'll you'll learn to despise even those. So I think one of the beneficial things that you can do is really start praying for something very specific in your life, which is something either a you need to repent of early on in your life or at some point in your life. Or be someone that you need to forgive deep, deep down and ask the Lord to heal. Because often what we, I've, I've found in my own ministry is if you stick with this long enough and if you really focus your attention and your prayer, in prayer, take a journal, sit down, do it, that you'll find that these are linked to something deeper that you never even knew. And so you'll go through and you'll start saying things like, like Jesus, I'm sorry for you know pornography. And then 
well, I haven't looked at pornography in months. So why do I need to do it? Well, okay, so why did I look at pornography X amount of months ago? Or why did I start looking at pornography? Or what did I feel like when I got caught looking at pornography? And then, and then you end up plowing through a whole host of stuff. And I think that for a lot of people, what is blocking our relationship with God is it's not necessarily like something you did wrong or, you know, like I'm not, I don't want to say that it's you don't have enough faith because mm-hmm. I don't think that's true at all. I think you have plenty of faith. Um, but I think it's about it's about going after healing for something. And I think we don't we don't even think about that because we think, oh, either I'm doing something wrong or this is all bullshit. That that's the American extremism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it's true. Yeah. You know, and maybe it's God saying. You don't even you're not even paying attention. Here I am and I'm drawing everything to this one place and I need you to stop long enough. And that's why we need spiritual directors, you know, mother or mother um uh what's her name? Uh, St. Teresa of Avila said, the person who is his own spiritual director has a fool for a guide um and a lawyer. Uh <laughs> but when we when we look at that I mean it's so true because a spiritual director is kind of a a, a theological mirror. And right now, the theological mirror that you're, you know, it's supposed to show you yourself, but you're, you know, it's more like we're staring at Facebook. We, we see what we want to see and they need to be able to use their superior wisdom and holiness to say, no, 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 you need to look over here and look over here and look over here. That's why this stuff, you can't do this stuff alone. And that's what people don't understand is you need, you need Mm -hmm. people. So I would say, I would say, don't worry about the charismaticness of your faith experience. The other, the other thing is like, what spiritual stuff are you doing? You know, like me and you get a l- really easily caught up in uh, culture and entertainment. What? I know, right? I know, right? <laughs> um, so I would just say, like, honestly, what I'm going to do starting on May 9th, no, uh, May 7th, I think that's the Friday, um, is start- that's a Saturday. Okay. The, oh, yeah, that's right. That's Saturday. May 6th is f- in preparation for Pentecost. I'm going to start fasting from various things in my life. Like I'm probably, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm thinking I need to go cold turkey off of Coke Zero because I've already had two since this conversation started. <laughs> You've um, had a Coke Zero problem since 2002. No, no, no. That was a Dr. Pepper problem. Oh, sorry. It's okay. Um, you moved on. Yeah, I know. Uh, to Diet Coke and then to Coke Zero. Um, but the the notion is this, that uh, so I, whenever we we need to to like drastically humble ourselves and it's more than just like oh lord i'm here before you you are god it's more than just the the outward praise right it's the inward disposition of your heart and if your heart isn't in the outward praise then you need to figure out why the hell it's not in the outward praise more than just oh this is a spirituality that i don't adopt i you know i'm not maybe you're not into the charismatic form of it but you need to figure out why you don't want to praise god <laughs> like you need to figure out why your heart isn't in it and a lot of it is from the fact that me and you totally easily, and I'm sure everyone's like this, but we get no, but, drawn but, into entertainment. And in, yeah. yeah. I mean, we get drawn into entertainment and adult. I mean, I just binged watch season six of, um, of uh, what do you call it? Uh, the Walking Dead. And uh, even though I've already read the comics and I know everything that's going to happen, I mean, the show could deviate, but it didn't. Um, I, I got consumed by this. Bec- and I yeah. realized when I finished it, I realized that this book that's changing my life, I haven't picked it up. You know, it's like it's been four days of me watching two to three hours of TV in a row. The only time getting up is when I'm doing the dishes or something like that. And uh, and I, I've missed all my prime study time, faith study time, intellectually engaging time for the sake of um, a mindless entertainment about zombies eating people. And this is going to sound weird, but I'm becoming a little bit self-conscious of our... I hate to use this word, but like people are paying attention and I'm like, uh, part of me is like, I feel like I'm just talking about stuff all the time as opposed to actually going out and uh, doing things. Part of that is my job too is. And so it's just been a little bit like, like I I find myself like just becoming a little bit, uh, like don't like, I'm not special. You know, like, like, please don't think that I'm special. I'm not special. Don't pay attention to me. But I mean, no, I'm, please do. But don't think that I'm anything special. Which I mean, sounds ridiculous. And I and I want to punch myself. In, I want you know. I just want to like hit myself in the face right now. But like you know, so we got a bunch of great little things on on our Facebook thing, and half and half 
of the questions, I think I am in no way, shape or form qualified to answer this. Like, nor do I want to like, and it just kind of, uh, which sounds horrible. And I, and I, and I, and I really do, I mean, please do not stop. Keep, uh, keep, uh, keep asking us stuff, but it makes me feel like I'm a fraud. Yeah. You know, and it just, I'm like, Oh, if you only knew I'm not good. And so I'm just tr- trying to learn how to, and again, th- this is not that big of a deal, but if I didn't bring that part up, I would be, be also like kind of like lying about what else is going on in my heart right now. Yeah. Uh, if lacrosse is real, I mean, there's no way around mm-hmm. lacrosse. There's no life hack around it. Um, well, and, and, and I think too, like one of the things that this, and, and again, I'm so glad that I went to own confession with, um, this one priest and it just it i i I think at times we view the cross as being these extreme things absolutely you know as like my cross is porn my cross is drugs it's you know alcohol or it's um you know i'm an adultery like you know it's always like but like at times it's like 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 i realize like my cross is just the fact that like i'm so used to certain kinds of prayer that it doesn't do a lot for me. Like just within me, you know what I mean? Like I have to be like, okay with that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what are you going to do going forward? I definitely, okay. So this is honestly, this like other hard thing that I'm doing is I analyze the crap out of everything. And one of, one of our, one of our, one of um, our buddies uh, told me this one story of, of how a priest told him to not fit God into your life, but to like, make time for God. So one of the things that I was doing was I was praying during like lunch and I was like, Oh, is that bad? Like I'm, I'm just kind of fitting him in because I have the time now and, and just like getting so caught up in my head. So I think I kind of want to go back to like, okay, when can I practically take time to pray and really try it? Not again, not to, and just to like kind of not make myself feel self conscious. And I'm just trying to like check a box, but just know, Hey, this isn't, this is very important. And this is when I can do this uh, today. I think that would be step one, kind of just go back uh, to that. And then step two, one of the things that I found to be helpful as well is to change up how I'm praying every, every so often. Cause I do get, um, bored would, bored would be the wrong, the wrong word, but it's just, it, it just kind of, uh, keeps me motivated so yeah one day i'll read more as opposed to doing more a contemplative style prayer the next day like I, i've been going through soul of the apostolate and it's blowing my mind it is blowing my it's blowing my world up it's crazy so i think those are probably two good steps and, and i think also i really enjoyed last Lent. i actually tr- i actually fasted and it was pretty cool yeah do you never fast typically? I I try, then I'm always like, ugh, is it three? Like, you remember in college when we were going to try to like fast on Fridays our freshman year, yeah. and we just like we would gorge ourselves during dinner. Yeah, <laughs> that's what usually ends up happening. Lay off me, I'm starving. <laughs> yeah, one of the things that that I did one time that was that was really great was during my a commute, I would just not have any music on, or any podcast or any radio at all. And that was really nice. Yeah. One of the things I've been doing lately is when I have music on, it's, uh, it's like very specific praise and worship. Cause I don't, I don't like praise and worship in terms of like music in terms of like, you know, that's not like my go-to jams, right? Tupac is, but my, and <laughs> Tupac and, uh, and, Mary. and Iggy Azalea, the two greatest rappers in the history of America. Uh, even though she's Australian, but um, my I I but I want to like lately I just want to fill the rooms that I'm in or the car that I'm driving with songs that just praise God, like very specifically just praise God because my I realize that uh, I I love podcasts and I listen to podcasts while I drive and while I work and all this stuff, but when I'm doing theological stuff, when I'm doing ministry stuff. I don't want to have any of that. Like I used to do that. I used to have Apple technology podcasts or whatever bouncing around in my head while I'm writing this and doing that and making a bullet. But now I realize that 
there's so much invested in intercessory prayer and just being in the presence of God and all of that stuff that I now, like before I give a talk, if it's especially like a really big important talk, I'll go there early to the room and I'll pray in the room and I'll put holy water on the doors and do all the stuff that I can in order to really like fill the place with the presence of God. And so the way I do that when I go to my office is I put on praise and worship music and I pray and then I just do my work with this going. And it kind of keeps me... It keeps out a lot of that, the annoying negativity that I tend to descend into. It keeps out mm-hmm. my desire to be edgy, <laughs> you know, for edgy's sake. And I just am able to write and to think and to pray and to talk on the phone and all this stuff a lot with a lot more freedom than I otherwise have in the past. Um, One of the things it's like deep work, but apply it to your prayer life. Like if you are going from mountaintop to mountaintop to mountaintop of entertainment and indulgence then what's going to happen is the moment you hit the valley, you're going to yep. hate life. I mean, it's just going to be negative. What did Reese Roper tell me back in uh, uh, 2005 or four? I think it was 2004. Remember that email? Oh, uh, no, I don't. I, I mean, I remember no, the email, but I don't remember what he said. It, it's brilliant. Um, long, just kind of keep this. This is, this is like a whole, like a whole thing. But uh, anyways, uh, the, idea is that trees on top is really high mountains don't die because they are like so high up and there's like you know a lack of oxygen because there's actually a whole bunch of oxygen up there they die because they don't have strong roots because it's really hard for them to grow in, in that in that type of soil and so it's not this it's not it's not the mountaintop that kills you it's roots which actually sorry so yeah, that was that. That it just ties into one of the questions we were asked on Facebook. Oh, cool, cool. We're on a roll. I didn't look at those before. Oh, I looked at some of them, but um. So yeah, so um, I don't know what we're gonna do going forward with our podcast and all this stuff. I'm really excited to keep growing uh, layevangelist.com uh, to have very specific a very specific purpose of evangelization, reaching out to people, engaging in conversation with culture, and all this stuff. Um, you know, I'm, I, I have a couple other podcast ideas that I'm, I'm tossing around right now with some people talking about like Catholic education in terms of like a teacher in the classroom. What's that like to actually invest and make disciples over, over the period oh, of years? Yeah. I can't wait to do that, uh, that podcast with you based on my years as a principal and right. a teacher. Right. Right. I can't Very wait. excited about that. Very excited. That'll be great. Yeah. Why is this the first time I've heard? No, I'm totally just kidding. Cause it's a person I'm trying to get for the show. Who's, is it with um, who, I, of, uh, who I think it is? Uh, no. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's with uh, Christina, and I'm just going to leave it there um, because she <laughs> no. hasn't 100% agreed Sorry, to it, so we'll just keep it there. But um, <laughs> why, why do you talk about things before they're for sure 100% happening? Well, she, okay, so let me, let me rephrase this. She has agreed to it. It's just all of the logistics behind it. Yeah, why do you talk about things before they're 100% happening? Here it is. Well, here's the problem with my damn uh, ESTD announcement. The What is it called? Easier said than done. Dude, cool. I totally thought we were going to be like recording two shows a night. And now it's like, well, next month. <laughs> no, I agree. We, we, we do need to get that going. But no, like, I'm... I'm just more of a fan of like saying that we have stuff when like we've got it in the bank. It's I know. My problem is I want to get people excited about additional stuff, which is stupid. I know, but I don't want to say we have stuff in the bank because we've been saying that for months now. <laughs> oh, let me tell you about my idea for a podcast. His name's I, Propaganda, and we interview him. Oh my god! Yeah, you know, I've actually I've thought about we need to email his manager because it's spring now. What would you think if I did a podcast where I basically caught up with one of our old friends from college or or just stuff from life, and just it would be it'd be in the vein of a of a WTF? Just try to find people who I know would be willing to talk about things and just go so like. Like, let's just, like, catch up. What are you doing right now? And just because I think there's something really cool about trying to find interesting stories with complete strangers. I think that's fascinating. Of, of where, like, where like our, our listeners would not know who they were. So it wouldn't be um, anyone who, you know, it'd be someone like a Maggie Smith, who's a person that no one knows besides all of our friends from, from you know, 
and just talk to her about like her life. You know what's really interesting about that uh, is number one, you you are free to create whatever podcast show you want. <clears throat> but, I'm not going to uh, do it outside of this. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, I, whatever. Uh, I think that. Um, uh, so I, I, I sat around with a group of people to talk about launching a Spanish faith formation ministry at our parish and just plowing through all of this stuff with it. And uh, they went around the table and just introduced themselves. And they were like, so what do you do? And these these people are very wonderful people, very active at the church. But it's like, yeah, I do a Bible study and I do a retreat ministry and I do this and I do this and I do this and I do this. And this one lady's like, you know, I real, I went and I said, do you have a prison ministry? And they said, no. So they said, well, I'll do the prison ministry. Do you, do you have this? And they said, well, I'm the only one doing that. Well, I'll go with you and uh, you train me how to do it. And I'll invite my friends. And now I'm in charge of the, this ministry. And then I go to St. Luke's Hospital when it was taken over by the Catholic Catholic Health Organization. And I say, do you have any pastoral people helping out? No. Well, can I help? Uh, you want to be in charge? Sure, I'll get a bunch of people. And like the one by one, all of these people were just doing a ton of stuff that no one no one had to go and like recruit them. They just saw a need and they went out and they filled it. And I started thinking, these are just normal moms and dads. Like 100%, they're businessmen and women and homemakers and everything in between. And here they are running vital life-giving ministries to places all around where my fancy pants suburban paradise is, and they're changing people's lives, and no one knows. No one knows the cool stuff they're doing. You know, I think of uh, Maggie's friend, roommate, I don't know, Liz, who you know went to oh, Africa yeah. and did all this cool and stuff. And her, her job's amazing. Yeah. She, she deals with kids who uh, have, have cancer yeah. every day. Pediatric oncology, I think. And mm-hmm. just amazing. I think they're, you know, I mean, that's the whole thing behind Humans of New York is like, personalize these epic stories i don't know if you've ever read any of those oh yeah 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 I mean, they're all over facebook thanks mom just <laughs> my mom doesn't share that okay i want to i want to just end uh real quick on on a note about spirituality that i think people need to recover is number one there is so much in the gospels that i think we don't do um we don't mind we don't harvest i don't think we one of the best advice I could give to people is, especially when your prayer life feels stagnant, is say, okay, God, I want you to show me the face of the Father through the words and deeds of Jesus. And pick one gospel writer and buy a brand new journal and a nice pen and sit down for 20 minutes with a cup of coffee, read two chapters or whatever you feel comfortable with, maybe just one story, two chapters, and just write write down what you see, what you learn about God the father through his son, Jesus in uh, operating in the story, things that don't make sense to you. You know, why did you tell the Syrophoenician woman that dogs don't deserve food from the master's table? Did you just call her a dog? You know, and like all of this stuff go through and just, just search this stuff out because I guarantee you what's going to end up happening is the gospels are going to become alive and God is going to become 10 times more real than he was on your most charismatic experience because this is a daily presence kind of thing. Um, and the other thing is don't just pray the Our Father, pray like the Our Father. You know, the seven petitions of the Our Father, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know, go through, l- line up those petitions, and then make it your own. Write similar things to that. Don't just say, like, I don't think Jesus literally meant when you pray, only pray the Our Father. You know, like, the, uh, he was teaching us not just a prayer to say, but a way of praying. That's why the Our Father is so powerful. It's not just a prayer. It's a way of thinking about prayer and thinking about life. And I would say go through and look at all this stuff about God that the Our Father says and then put it, not just put it in your own words, but like reform them with your own life's context. You know, like you can even talk about how am I making your name holy? How am I not making your name holy? What am I doing here? What am I doing there? Lastly, tell someone. Tell someone what you want to do, and then let them hold you accountable. I know we all hate that, Christ- that word in Christian circles. Accountability, bro. But uh, how's your heart? But um, you need, we Can need- I just pour into you really quick? <laughs> I, I'd, rather you you into- <laughs> I'd rather you not. I'd rather you not, Luke. <laughs> Are you saying that you'd rather I not pour into you, or you would rather that I not take that joke to places that it could go? No, it definitely, we should definitely take the joke in all the wrong ways, but I'd rather you not pour into me spiritually. Um, 
I'm telling you, I'm telling you, 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 you apply deep work to your work and apply deep work to your prayer life. No, and you will have, I have been. I know, no, I no, not, no, I'm not, I'm just saying this to the audience. I'm not yelling at you, but if you want, I'll yell at you. Cause I know you like that sort of thing. Um, but lastly, I also have my tickets to go see uh civil war and uh, I'm going to see it before you. Cause I'm taking off work to see it during the day. I hate you so much. I'm going on a date with my wife. Oh, um, I was Thomas Yeager. And Thomas Yeager and his wife. Oh, nice. And hopefully, right beforehand, we'll be able to see uh, their new baby. Oh, hey, really quick. Who's paying, who's paying for it? I am. I bought it. I bought it for everyone. Whoa. Well, it's Yeager's birthday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I miss him. Not because of that stuff, but honestly, just because of he's a, a good man. Yeah, I'm excited man. to go see. I'm, I'm, I've, I've actually really become enthralled with Marvel over the past two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, did you hear they uh, canceled the Inhumans movie? <laughs> yeah. Did okay. you actually uh, hear why? Uh-uh. Oh, well, with all the... Uh, no, why, why, why? It's basically because they got th- this one guy who was pretty much the head dude at, like, at Marvel, not not the film thing, but the guy who's, like, at Marvel who basically had all the... He, he's the one basically got Edgar Wright off of Ant-Man. It's just kind of a huge... He's the one that I think has been actually holding it back a bit. Uh, that was his big pet project. So now that he's not involved in any of the films any anymore, they don't know. Like you know, it's kind of done. Oh, hey, what do you think of uh, Doctor Strange having a white Celtic woman be the ancient one? You know, I I do get kind of annoyed with like this. You know, we're gonna start a hashtag. I hate the idea of anti like shame campaign i think it's just like selfish but i do think they have a point it's a little ridiculous like why can't you just cast an asian woman isn't it, isn't it funny though that they literally were thinking we don't want to have an asian stereotype of a guy with a fu man oh yeah, yeah and so true. they they thought that they were playing it safe by not yeah. having an eight yeah. you know and by yeah. having a woman yeah. who is the ancient one and then it turns out Everyone's like, what the hell? You just you literally just robbed a bed of one of the And then, you know, one of the writers said it was because they're trying to be sensitive to the Chinese market because you're not even allowed to acknowledge Tibet pretty much. Yeah. And oh, uh, but then he came out and apologized saying, nope, that, that wasn't it. That was just me speculating. And I'm totally sorry. Did I ever tell you about the time when I walked into a to a room with a bunch of the uh, kids that at a school that I started who were from China? And I just walked in with my fist in the air going free Tibet. Oh dear. How did that work out? They were like, Oh Mr. Kenny, no, no. You so suck. That's what they used to say to me anytime that I did anything dumb. You yeah, which was it must have been a daily or hourly occurrence. Oh my oh my gosh. There were so many times I would do some like some of the stuff that I did, I was like, that's so crazy. Who would do that? Ladies and gentlemen, please write a review of us on iTunes. <laughs> uh, join us on Facebook.com slash Catching Foxes Podcast. Luke is at the Luke the. I'm Was at, this a good episode? I, I'm at Le Evangelist. <laughs> We've now depressed you and offended all of your Asian friends. And uh, the ancient one says, I'm sorry. Good night, Luke. Night, buddy. Hey, I love you. Hey, man. I love you. Hey, man. I love you.